Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hi all, and thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of Open House. We're on a mission to develop a new mental health experience for all, because we believe that you can truly experience life advancement without having to spend thousands of pounds on one-on-one therapy. We believe that happiness is coming home to yourself under the layers and layers of you that society has told you should be. If you love this episode today, please do share on social media and tag us at Open House Life, as well as tagging Dr. Tari and I now into the episode and it's a juicy one hey guys and welcome to today's episode with the incredible dr terry mack we've had a couple of episodes apart but i am so thrilled to be back with her because everything is always better when you've got a therapist in the room particularly when it's dr terry Episode 19 of the Open House podcast recently covered all things ghosting, because if you haven't already heard, I got ghosted, and I honestly was just so shocked at a grown man going silent on me after giving me so much chat, but we're going to get into that later in the episode. In episode 19, we went through all the reasons why ghosting can really hurt and how to handle it when it happens, but today, now we've got Dr. Terry in the room, we're going in with the flip side why people ghost and how to stop ghosting. So hi, Dr. Terry, welcome back. How are you? Hi, I'm great. So happy to be back with you. Good. So happy to have you back as well. Okay. So today, Dr. Terry, we're not going to go so much into like those more transient connections, you know, the ones on um, dating apps and stuff where it feels like you maybe haven't met the person. Um, I think today we're going to look a little bit more into the dates when you've actually met them, you actually know them, maybe you're already dating them. So I think let's start with my own personal experience. I for sure have ghosted a lot of people in my time and it's not something that I'm proud of, but you know, we're very honest in this room and I think that all the times that I ghosted someone was just before I had even started to do the work, right? And me and my best friends used to call it the phase out, (laughs) which is where you just like phase them out slowly in the hope that they get the hint. And then you just kind of like, you're out, no dramas, no awkward conversations have to happen. But then I started going to therapy and I realized, oh my God, like what a cop out. Like that is not how a well-regulated, emotionally available, kind, caring human being acts. So 
I'd like to say that, yeah, it's okay if people listening have ghosted. I have done it, honestly, like, a lot. Like, I reckon, like, a good 10, 20 times. I wanted to ask you, and I know it's really hard to break down, but first up, why do people ghost? Like, shall we break it down into some different categories? And where do you think we should start? Sure, yeah. I think it's such a good point, you know, that you bring up that you ghosted before you started going to therapy and really started to do the work. Um, Because first of all, ghosting is a sign of emotional immaturity, right? (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) So, you know, there are different reasons why people ghost. Emotional immaturity, what does that mean? Well, sometimes somebody isn't trying to be Um, rude or mean, they actually feel like it's kinder to just ghost and kind of phase out rather than having that conversation. So, you know, people who try to avoid confrontation, people who aren't comfortable sharing their truth, either because they fear the other person's reaction, maybe they fear the other person is going to lash out or be angry or they fear that they're gonna hurt somebody's feelings. So they feel like, well, I'll just just do the fade out. Um, And in reality, you know, when we do the work and we understand that it's respectful to be kind and honest with people, right? So we tell them how we feel and we're not always gonna be a match with somebody. Mm. And okay, I mean, most of the time it's not gonna be a match, right? It's really interesting you say about this whole like being kind of thing, because for sure that was one of the things that would drive me when I was younger would be that, you know, I also think it's like an age thing as well as that when I was younger, you would just get drunk and you would just like meet people, hook up with them, maybe date them, maybe like not really actually get to know them, you know, go on dates with them, really get to like see what you both stand for. So initially when it's like, okay, I want to phase this person out, it almost felt like too intense to have that kind of conversation because you had never had any kinds of like meaningful conversation. And I love the way that you flip that on its head rather than it being like a rejection piece. It's actually a bit like, well, for most of us, like there's going to be very few people in this world that we really do end up spending a very long amount of time with. And when you look at it like that, it's okay if that person wasn't that person and that person shouldn't be upset about it or hurt by it because it's really not actually a reflection on them a lot of the time. But I guess it's hard, right? Because we live in a society where, well, I think we're all sensitive and I think we all take things very personally on the inside, but we have this big bravado on the outside, which I think is exacerbated by social media. And maybe we take things more personally than we should so yeah really fascinating to learn about how a lot of people do it because they're trying to be kind to the other person but it's actually not a kind thing to do at all because what I found when I got ghosted you know I'm actually not even going to say that this guy was doing it to be kind I actually think that this guy was just an absolute jerk but um whatever for me it's like without being given a reason why he wasn't interested my kind of sometimes anxious mind went into overdrive and I was like oh my god what did I do wrong like he said this and he did this and he said I was going to be his girlfriend and like blah blah and then you just went fucking silent on me you take it on as something that we've done personally when actually it's about them 
like and the way they're handling it is that true oh exactly I mean the silent treatment in general is one of the most aggressive forms of punishment or interactions what you're saying how you reacted is so common we fill in the blanks and often we we think it's about us and when we get to like how to respond if you've been ghosted we can talk more about that because that's that's a huge area but you brought up this guy he wasn't trying to be kind probably and that's that's a second reason that people ghost is they're just they lack empathy so whether or not they fall into this personality category of narcissism or sociopathy or they maybe they're somewhere on that spectrum they just lack empathy for other people's feelings. Mm. They're looking out for themselves. They're selfish. They're, they're not concerned with your feelings. They can easily just move on. It doesn't matter the connection you thought you had or they were presenting. They just leave you in the dust. And then you're left trying to make sense of something that will never make sense. Because like you, Louise, you're a kind person right? Who, if you had a relationship with someone and were intimate with somebody, you would never just ghost them at this point, right? And so a lot of times we waste time trying to make sense of something that we will never understand because our brains don't work that way. So that Mm. lack of empathy is another huge reason that some people ghost. And in some ways it's a huge blessing that that person's out of our life, although it doesn't feel that way in the moment. I'm really glad that you touched on that personality traits piece because from the reading that I was doing when I was planning the last podcast episode, I did learn, you know, that yes, if you do have more narcissistic traits, you might be more likely to do this. And I think that this for me is actually even more interesting because now I'm out of this situation having been rejected, you know, after basically also being love bombed. So it was like very hot and very cold the very cold and the silence was very triggering for me because it brought up a lot of like childhood wounds around silence. You know, now I've stepped out of that kind of roller coaster and I can see it for what it is and we're able to talk about it. I'm also able to see that he 100% had these traits. And since talking to people about him, they've also confirmed, you know, these traits that he had shown with other people and, you know, that I just was not aware of. So I think you're right. It's a blessing. And it doesn't feel like that when it happens. But now it's happened. I'm actually like, thank goodness you ghosted me because otherwise I would probably be learning the slow and long way that you have these personality traits. And then you're like six months in and then you're invested. And then you're, you know, in your 30s and you're single and everything's like, oh shit, like, should I stay? Should I go? Actually, I'm just like so glad that you treated me badly because I'm out the door and you are never going to get access to me ever again. I'm thanking my lucky stars that the universe like showed me your true characters, like just like that. Yes. And that, you know, that's one thing I wish I could gift every woman is that knowledge that if somebody treats you this way, it is in some ways a gift whenever it happens so that, you know, this person is not safe. This is not Mm -hmm. a person I should continue to have in my life. And you have to say no, you have to make yourself unavailable for that kind of treatment in order to move towards something healthier. And so many women get caught in that cycle of, you know, oftentimes someone will ghost for a while 
So just go silent or disappear and then come back. And, and the woman is like, oh, good, he's back. Okay, good, I am worthy. You know, I didn't do anything wrong. And they get trapped in this cycle with somebody who's toxic and inconsistent and harmful. Yeah, you're so, you're so right when we tie it to our self-worth. I think that before I started therapy, my self-worth was low. It was like very confident on the outside for whatever reason, you know, a lot of people would have thought there was never any issue with it. In fact, quite the opposite. But on the inside, you know, with these childhood wounds and these limiting beliefs, like there were challenges there. And I think that that's why I've tolerated so many toxic relationships in my twenties, because we tie these men or women loving us as the form of validation that like we are lovable and worthy right and so if they take it away a bit like why my breakup hit me so badly like just over a year ago was that that person taking away the love you know that happens that's real life like we can't always love someone forever and continue in in that intimate relationship but that person taking away the love I can now see was just so triggering for me because it was like affirming those childhood wounds that like you're not lovable you're not worthy of someone staying around and now I've gone through this therapy journey and this healing journey I'm like like I just said you know your actions over there have nothing to do with me and I think we can caveat this as well is that you know sometimes actually I think it's very important that if you've been ghosted you do look at your like way of acting in the situation because sometimes I think we we generalize like oh it's all his fault it's all her fault but I also think it's good that we keep an own like a level of self-awareness around how we were in the situation and whether we maybe pushed them to act in that situation rather than just like generalizing that everything is the other person's fault. Anyway, I kind of digress. We hear a lot of people, you know, saying like, oh, it was almost too good. Or you hear people leaving because it's like, oh, I'm not ready for this or whatever. And I want to share a story that I've experienced personally, which was that I met this guy years ago and we started dating and it was a whirlwind, but he was just like the nicest guy. He ticked all the boxes. He was available and I just was not available. Like I hadn't started doing the work. I was so emotionally unavailable and not having done that work that I felt uncomfortable with someone being consistent, available, emotionally present. And I ghosted him. I just ended it with some like rubbish excuse that I've actually now managed to like apologize for later down the line and he's now one of my best friends like it's such a nice end to the story um but I wanted to ask your opinion and thoughts on that because it feels you know it's a bit like that movie like oh he's just not that into you where all the friends are like oh you know he's just not ready for you or like you're too good for him you know all this kind of shit that we tell everyone do you think ghosting can tie to the avoidant or maybe the anxious avoidant kind of attachment styles. Do you think that comes into play with this at all? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No. And again, like it's how you handle it. You weren't emotionally available, right? You met somebody who was emotionally available, but because you were afraid of that emotional intimacy, it was not a fit at that point in your life. And, you know, side note, when we continue to be attracted to people who are emotionally unavailable, it's because we fear emotional intimacy. We're uncomfortable with that. Mm -hmm. That can happen where we feel like something's going great. And then all of a sudden the other person is gone. I mean, I think it's pretty rare that 
that other person would ghost, but it happens. And, you know, we deserve a conversation, but sometimes that doesn't happen. And what I want to say is like, you may have thought that relationship was so good and so perfect, but if somebody ghosts you like that, that person was never safe. Yeah. Right. And this is what I want women to understand is that you don't know somebody until you've spent a lot of time with them, different seasons, different, you know, you've had difficult conversations, you've had the ups and downs. So take your time before you attach. I know it's hard. Doesn't mean you can't develop feelings, but you continue to spend time with somebody before you make up a story that they're the one. Mm. Right. And so when people feel like everything was perfect and then, you know, I got ghosted. Well, everything wasn't perfect. There was something you weren't seeing. This person wasn't mature enough or available actually for what you thought they were. I love that because I think that what I'm learning through therapy is that we all have these personality traits and attachment styles and love languages. And sometimes, you know, they make us certain versions of ourselves that find things difficult to accept or whatever, but we shouldn't be ashamed and just like run away. We just need to have that conversation and be like, Hey, this is who I am. And I am this way because of these things that I went through. This is actually showing up in the way that we're dating in this way. And so I just wanted to communicate with you X, Y, Z. I met someone in South Africa who was amazing and gorgeous and lovely and kind and communicative. And like the old me pre-therapy would have literally been like out the door. Like you said, I can't do this. I'm not, I'm not available for this. It's too good. I'm not ready to open myself up, crack my heart open. But because of all this work I've done now, I was able to like instead look at him and be like, you are such a good guy and you are exactly the type of person that I should be spending my time with. And then if I compare him to the guy that ghosted me a couple of months ago, it's like, whoa, these are totally different caliber of men. Um, And I was also able to have those discussions with him that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm like this because of, I went through this, but I've now healed from that heartbreak and it's taught me this. And it just felt like such a full circle moment where it was like, I'm not ashamed of who I am. Like we all are made up. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Through what we've gone through. Yes. And maybe we just have to find a partner who's able to hold space for those conversations, right? Because if they can't, then you're never going to have a long-term communicative relationship. Exactly. You know, and hopefully you're with somebody who can share their story too. And just be honest and real and authentic about who you are, where you've been, how you're feeling. And again, a lot of people haven't done the work where they 
accept who they are, what their story is and how they feel. They don't even know it's okay to share that. Mm. And so they don't, and they ghost, they go away either because they don't want to hurt someone's feelings. They think they're going to be rejected. They're afraid they're going to make somebody angry. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And on that point, let's dig in to that a little bit more deeply, because as we all know, we've spoken about it a lot. I am not afraid of confrontation, which is weird, right? Because we've spoken about how I would used to have ghosted people. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to understand a bit more because I think we see this as well, not just in romantic relationships, but also in friendships. You know, you have you get ghosted from friendships. And I think I wanted to ask you, if we tie this back to childhood, the people that are not able to have those emotionally open discussions what is going on there is it because they were never taught to as a child is it because it wasn't modeled to them as a child is it because there was too much conflict so they run away from it I know it's a pretty general question but what kinds of things are we seeing happen in childhood for people that find ghosting the comfortable way out when they're an adult yeah I think all those things you mentioned could be at play basically Somebody didn't grow up in an environment where it was safe to share their truth and their feelings and the adults around them, whether it's parents, grandparents, whoever raised them could hold space and not be reactive and really listen and hear them. So sometimes, you know, we're in the role of like, we have to keep the peace. We have to keep everybody happy because our parents are sad or our parents are addicted or our parents are really volatile. Sometimes it's dangerous to share how we really feel. As kids, we understand the limitations of our caregivers. It's never talked about, but we know. And so we adapt to that. And so if it was never safe or it was never productive, to share how we feel and share our truth, we learn not to. Mm. And we carry that into adulthood. So it can be people pleasing, you know, avoiding conflict. Um, It can also go the other way where we don't know how to just, you know, like you said, like have an emotionally regulated conversation. We might be like, every time we share our feelings, we might do it in a way that's like, too much or emotionally unregulated. And if we don't want to do that, we might just, you know, back away or ghost. I think that's why it's so important to dig back into that kind of childhood dynamic, because without that, you just are sort of acting unconsciously and you're just like repeating these cycles that we talk about all the time. But in order to break them, which I think is what we're going to come on to now, is that I guess the first thing that you need to have right is awareness because let's take me as an example okay so I would ghost you I would phase you out because I didn't want to hurt your feelings I felt like it was awkward to have that conversation I didn't know what to say but if we take that back a step further is like okay if we look at my childhood I grew up in a family unit where like my father was very suppressed and there was no open forum and floor for communicating so on that side there was like a lot of suppression and on my mother's side there's she's a lot more vocal but it's coming from an unregulated place still around like you know being frustrated being angry so even though I said earlier in the episode like I'm not afraid of conflict so it's 
weird that I wouldn't be able to have this conversation. Even having this discussion with you has been a light bulb moment is that the two ways that I was taught to regulate was either to suppress fully or to vocalize totally. And that bit in the middle, love my parents to pieces. We're all limited as human beings. We're all limited as parents, no matter how much love we have. You know, I wasn't taught that middle ground. So would you say that that awareness piece is where you would start if you're someone that is looking to kind of break the cycle of ghosting other people? Yes. And, you know, I started the episode talking about emotional maturity, and that's really broken down into three things. Emotional awareness. What am I feeling? What's going on for me? Why am I feeling this way? Emotional regulation. So instead of just acting out our feelings or reacting, we can self-soothe, we can get to a calm place. And then we get to the third one, which is communicate how we feel. And when we communicate, we want to be two things, kind and honest. So those three areas, I'd like everybody to really do a self-assessment, right? Like, where do I struggle when it comes to ghosting? When people try to understand, what should I say? God, what do I say? Oh my God. You know, people ask me that and I, I coach them. I say, what is the truth? What is the truth? If you are going to be kind and honest, just tell the truth, right? That is such a good point because I feel like, and we're going to get on in a minute to the two like messages that I've sent over the last 14 months. And as I was writing them down in our episode planning, I found myself kind of thinking like in one of them, I was like, whoa, Louise, you weren't like entirely truthful with what you said. Maybe we should go into my messages now and you can tell me like what I did wrong or right. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. So the first one, I basically said, so I don't know if you agree, but I feel like our vibe today was ultimately friends rather than romantic. But if you wanted to hang out again as pals, I would love to do that as we have much to discuss and that we can learn from each other. I also owe you for breakfast and thank you so much for that. After not being able to decipher the menu, it turned out to be delicious. So what I felt like I was doing there was kind of going in that straight away, I felt that it was more of a friend's vibe than a romantic one, but that I would be interested in seeing him again because we had a lot of like work stuff in common. Mm-hmm. Um, he replied saying, oh, well, I never want to see you again now. Haha, <laughs> just playing. Of course, happy to hang as friends. You're wonderful. Just let me know whenever your diary opens up. Hmm. Um, And I felt like I did that straight away after the date because sometimes I think we leave it and we like don't know what to say and then it becomes this mountain. So is there anything that you would change about that? For me, it was that he was so nice and super interesting, but like I just didn't fancy him. I didn't want to like, I just didn't want to do anything with him. So I didn't know how to phrase that other than saying, I felt like our vibe was ultimately friends rather than romantic, which I felt was nicer than saying, I just am not attracted to you. What do you think? No, I think it was perfect. I think it was so kind. It was honest. And his response also shows emotional maturity, right? He wasn't angry. He wasn't wounded. It was just like, yeah, you know, so he was kind back. Okay. The second one is where, um, as a therapist, you're going to be giving me a naughty little tap on the wrist. (laughs) So in my defense, this guy was the first person I'd went on a date with after my harrowing breakup. Okay. So I wasn't really ready to be out there if I'm honest, but I just kind of was like, I need to get back in whatever. So 
what I said to him was, hey, how are you doing? Sorry, it's taken me a while to reply. I've had a lot on the last few days. Uh -uh, Red Red Cross, first of all, coming up there. On reflection of the weekend, it was so fun to see you, but I feel like we would probably be better as friends rather than a romantic pairing right now. I think going on a date made me realize that I'm still in my healing mode and I perhaps jumped into dating a bit too quickly. I want to be honest with you about that as communication is important to me. So that was what I said. And this is what he replied. Um, actually so sweet oh bless him he said one thought I had which you'll think is stupid is that I'm sorry that I'm not exactly what you need or want right now the other which I hope you'll like is that after spending time with you I was both grateful and really excited at maybe having found a friend in you I really hope you'll end close to the end of your healing journey and it goes without saying that if you ever want a sounding board or just one of our goofy chats I'm here You were so kind. I'll have a couple of things to say, but you were so kind and kindness begets kindness, right? Like you were kind and honest with him. You know, you said, I've been busy. You could have said like, you could have been more honest and said, I wasn't sure what to say or been thinking about what to say. Probably would have been more honest, but. I think I agree. I think now I would have dealt with that differently. I would have been like, you deserve this message sooner. So I'm sorry for the delay. Mm. I guess my question for you is a tricky one. So it did make me realize that I wasn't ready for dating. Because when I came home, I spent a lot of time thinking about my ex-boyfriend. And I realized that I still just really, really missed him. Mm. But I also just like didn't really fancy him. And again, same kind of thing. Do you think it's better to like just keep it short and sweet and say for me this was more of a you know friendship vibe or you know I think we would be better set as friends rather than a romantic pairing rather than going into like the specifics or when you coach people kind of what tips and tricks do you give them on how to just kindly communicate where you are at rather than ghosting someone you mean like specifics like what it was about them that you did yeah yeah yeah, I, I don't think you need specifics, right? Um, I generally coach people to, you know, just say something like, you know, I think you're a great person and I enjoyed meeting you. I just don't think we're a match right now. Or I feel like the thing about friends is you only say, you know, I, it'd be great to be friends if you really mean it generally that's not going to happen. So I encourage people just to say, you know, it was great meeting you. You know, I think you're a great person. I, I just didn't feel that romantic connection or I don't feel like we're a match, but I wish you the very best of luck. Something like that. The reason that I'm like blushing awkwardly over here is because yeah, I'm reading about those messages saying like, you know we'd be better as friends I said it in both of them yeah I can confirm that one year later I am not friends with either <laughs> of those guys I'm like literally well one of them I have spoken to again since in a work context but the other guy we just never ever spoke ever again um so that's a good piece of feedback like maybe not to suggest a friendship when you're actually not interested in a friendship at all because I guess that second rate like you know, runner up prize of being your friend, they're not really interested in either because like they don't even really know you and you're obviously not going to be friends. Well, in some circumstances, but unlikely. Okay, so basically I like how easy it is when you say it. It's just like, hey, I had a good time with you. Thank you for breakfast, lunch, dinner. I don't think we're a right match now and maybe felt like we were more of a friendship vibe rather than a romantic pairing. What do you say in the end? Like, 
see you around hope you're good all the best like do you end it really finally or do you say something like you know let me I don't know like how do you yeah that finality feels like quite awkward for me oh uh, yeah I coach people just to say like I wish you the very best of luck and I hope you find what you're looking for okay I love that I think you're helping me see and hopefully showing everyone else that's listening is that it doesn't need to be a big deal doesn't have to be a long message and also do you think it can just be a text message right it doesn't have to be like a voice note it doesn't have to be a phone call what are your thoughts on that yeah I mean I think if you just had a date or two that's fine obviously as we were talking before if you're in a relationship it should definitely be at least a phone call or a conversation I also want to say this that it is always okay and important that you're honest and it's okay for you to say you know I'm not feeling this or I don't feel like we're a match and the other person's response will tell you a lot about that person so a lot of times people worry about anger and if somebody gets angry at you for being honest that you're not their person and they're not your person that's not about you that's about them. And you don't need to respond to anything after that. All healthy people will take a message like that and appreciate it and say, you know, thanks for letting me know. Thanks for being honest. I wish you the best of luck too, you know? And if you don't get that message back, move on. It doesn't matter. You're not responsible for keeping everybody feeling okay. Mm, Yeah. You're so right. You're so right. Like when we're discussing it, it just seems so simple now, but as humans, we make everything so complex and complicated. And so I think that, I guess one of, yeah, the wrap up points here is that anyone that's listening to this that does ghost is that you don't need to do it. Like you can quite easily do it differently. I think one of the things I say to myself is like, this is going to be uncomfortable for 30 seconds when I write and send the message or maybe a bit longer, like 30 minutes, because you're a bit nervous about what they might reply. But actually, you've just made me realize I don't need to be nervous because if you are in your truth and you're being kind and you are within your own self-worth and understand that you're allowed to set boundaries around anything that you deem necessary or fit, then it doesn't matter what the other person does or says because you're a good person, you're lovable, you're worthy. Nothing they say is going to change that actually anything they say is just going to shine a little bit more light on them. And you know, what we're talking about in this whole conversation is integrity. And when we are dating and when we're in relationships, we want to always be in integrity. So being kind and honest means you're in integrity. And if somebody gets mad about that or hurt about that, that's okay. People will have their reactions and their feelings, but if you know that you are in your own integrity, then you are being your best self when you're being kind and honest with people. So so we're not responsible for other people's reactions or even how other people feel about us. It's about our truth and how we feel about ourselves. And are we being kind and honest? Are we in integrity? Then cool. We can let go of everything else. Okay, so my very last question, which I'm going to spring on you because we haven't discussed this, and it's going um, back to the first ghosting episode, which is that when you get ghosted, right? So I love this discussion around integrity because I feel like 
I was really hurt by the person that ghosted me because we had been emotionally, physically intimate or whatnot. Um, so he ghosted me. And then one of my other best friends got ghosted that week too. So we were discussing it. And she basically was like, um, he's dead to me. Like he doesn't get access to me anymore. If you're going to like act like that. Whereas I felt like I wanted to say to him, Hey, um, I'm kind of hurt by what you've done here, but I kind of also felt like, what is the fucking point? Because this person is clearly like, they've made that decision. They are this kind of person that is okay with that behavior. So my feedback felt like it was going to just like bounce off them. What are your thoughts on like, if you have been ghosted, should you just accept and acknowledge with integrity that they weren't the person for you and move forward to open the space for the person that is out there for you? Or does integrity mean actually not staying quiet and saying something to them like, hey, you actually hurt me here. So for future knowledge, like it's not cool to do this to people and it upset me. Mm-hmm. Is there an answer to that? If someone came to you with that, would you tell them just to move on, park it and move forward? Or would you tell them to have a conversation, park it and move forward? I think either is okay. Whatever, whatever your truth is, do you need, do you need to send that text? So you can send a text saying how you feel, but only if you're not waiting on a response after that, because whether you get a response or not, it doesn't matter. That person's already showed you their true colors. So whatever, what I would tell people is whatever brings you into more alignment, right? Mm -hmm. Does it help you to speak your truth in that text? cool, do that, but then move on. You are so right. And I think I always say that people saying that they need closure or one final text message, like I actually always replace the word closure with connection. And I say, oh, you want closure? Like what you want is connection. And I feel like people are trying to open the door, trying to make this person realize what they did to them, trying to make them feel bad, trying to make them feel like, oh, I want to give it another go. And I think that that's why ultimately I was like, I'm just going to move forward from here because my therapist helped me realize that me sending a message was not a girl that would send it and never think about it again it was me it was my little inner child sending it saying hey like you really hurt me like are you can do you want to fix it like are you going to tell me that I'm worthy of fixing it or am I lovable enough for you to fix it and when I realized that that text message was actually not coming from adult me but was coming from my inner child I realized yeah this this is not coming from the right place and it's also not going to be received from the right place because he's not the right type of person to deal with this so it enabled me to just come to peace with the situation um and move forward so I think I'm so glad we just touched on that there quit looking to the person who hurt you to give you closure or make you feel better right rely on people around you that are safe and love you and are supportive quit looking to the person who ghosted you or hurt you to make you feel better Yeah, that love that we crave from outside of us ultimately has to come from the inside of us. Um, So you're so right. But thank you. I'm so happy to have you back here. I've missed doing these episodes with you. And I know that everyone listening has really, really missed you too. I'm so glad you had a bit of holiday time with your amazing man. Um, I know you've got something exciting in the pipeline right now. So just wondering if you wanted to tell everyone listening a little bit more about it so they can join you if it feels like a good fit. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm um, running a program, a coaching program and a course called Simple to Engaged. 
I've run it before and many of the women in that program are now engaged and planning their weddings. Amazing. Yeah. And I love this program because the reason I started this program a couple of years ago is because, you know, I'm coaching these women and I ended up saying to one of the women on our call, listen, if you want to be engaged in a year, not just engaged, the point is not to just get engaged, like be engaged and get married, but in an aligned, loving, joyful relationship, you can do it, but you have to get focused on what your work is and what you're available for and what you're not available for. And so the program brings women into complete clarity and alignment and puts them on the path to that divine relationship. And literally you could be engaged in one year from now. So for women who are not going to be spending Valentine's day with somebody special, this could be your last Valentine's day alone. Your whole life could change. You know, it's a huge transformation process and I want to help women find their person. Oh, I love that so much. And I feel like therapy takes, you know, sometimes can take a long time right now. I'm doing therapy bi-weekly just because of the cost and my diary. And so, yeah, it can take a while. Whereas I feel like in this coaching program, you have done this so many times with people that you know what they need to work on and you know how to kind of take them to where they want to go. So I don't doubt that it's going to be absolutely amazing. Um, so we will put in the show notes of this episode, all of the info on where to head to, to sign up to Dr. Terry's amazing coaching program that's launching soon. So thank you so much. Welcome back. I love you and I will talk to you very soon. Thank you, Louise. Love you too. Bye. Bye. Bye.